Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. I got all the guys with me today, guys. Say hi. Yeah, this is Rob Spexter, Pastor of Discipleship. Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. Alex Takes, Sacred City Youth Director. All right. What I want to do here before we jump into our topic is I want to let you know a couple things. Uh, first off, we are in the building. It's c- coming up to summer. We've got a lot of work going on. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pull back on our our uh, production and putting out podcasts. We're going we're gonna to c- cut it back just to one a week. That'll give us um, a little more. So we have a little more capacity mm-hmm. to work. And that, that uh, if we do miss a week because we've got building stuff going on, We'll have enough in the hopper to keep them coming your way. So probably starting, well, I'm saying next week, but for you, it'll be this week. We're going to go to uh, one a week. But uh, what I want to do today, Kevin, you've got a question that you want to tee up for us. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been thinking lately about um, men being called to build, right? Being called to provide financially for their families and being called to uh, provide spiritually for their families. And so one thing I've noticed in, in some, some men, particularly men who seem to be successful in providing financially, is they can, they can build a business or they can work hard and they can make lots of money so there's no financial need in their home. And then they'll, they'll point to that as, yes, I'm providing, but they'll kind of abdicate the responsibility to provide spiritually. And so I'm, I'm asking, um, what are some principles to, to strike the balance between financial and spiritual provision? Because we are called to do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a good question. Well, we are, like you said, we are called to do both. The men are called by God to provide for our family. We're obviously we're to work hard and till the ground and produce create a flourishing home. And what that means is first off, we got to have a home, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We got to have an income mm-hmm. to provide a home, to pro- provide um, safety and security for our wife mm-hmm. and our children, if the Lord gives us children. And so those kids are expensive. They come with, I mean, I don't even know what the number is anymore. It used to be like a million dollars per kid. I think it's probably more than that these days because <laughs> the dollar doesn't go as far as it used to, but it's expensive to educate them. Mm-hmm. It's expensive to feed them. It's expensive to clothe them. And all the stuff that goes with it. And the more you got, the more money it takes for the mm-hmm. most part, right? And so first off, let's just acknowledge that that's hard. Yeah. And some men do that better than others. Mm-hmm. But all of us are called to reject passivity and reject laziness and get out there. God made the world in such a way that if you get out there and get after it and work hard and work in line with the grain of the universe, the way God made things... Um, you can make money. Mm-hmm. You can provide a living. Human beings have been doing it for 10,000 years, right? Like it, it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Some of us are better at that than others. Okay. <clears throat> and, and that, can you imagine a father that did the opposite and just, just, we're, I'm just going to teach my kids the Bible and we're just going to pray all day long. And, and yet that would last for about a week because they'd all starve to death. Yep. Right. 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 So you're in a tent because you ain't got no house. <laughs> <laughs> I want ramen noodles. So we all know, we all know that it's a, it's a both and mm-hmm. it has to be a both and, but we also know the opposite. The guy who he can provide a million dollars a year mm-hmm. and yet he neglects his children, mm-hmm. his children, Psalm 
127 says that children are a blessing from the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And they're meant to be arrows uh, in our quiver, yep. shot out into the world, right? To, to increase our effectiveness, that God wants us to have a legacy and God wants our children to, to worship Jesus. And a Christian man who only provides for his children, he is disobeying God and not training up his children in the, in the way that they should go, mm-hmm. the culture, the Christian culture of that home. Mm-hmm. And he he is putting crooked arrows in his mm-hmm. in his uh in his bow and he's shooting out crooked arrows into the world. Mm-hmm. And crooked arrows do a lot of damage to culture, to humans, to mm-hmm. you know, if you got boys, they're gonna be, you know, sinful boys, girls, mm-hmm. sinful girls. And so <clears throat> a, a Christian man has got to do far more than just provide for his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you think about it, I think I said this one time <clears throat> in a sermon, um, being a father is more than just providing. Yeah. A squirrel does that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's you know, good. Yeah. You know that's, pretty, yeah. that's pretty offensive, though. <laughs> <laughs> some that are you providing. Squirrel. Yeah. A squirrel chasing a nut. Like, 100%. <laughs> but like that, we're, we are made imago Dei. Yeah. We're made in the image of God. Mm. A squirrel can go chase down the nuts and bring them to, to, you know, yeah. to its kids. Like being a father is way more important yes. than that. Mm-hmm. Now, many men that are good at making money, they want to focus only on that because one of our problems as human beings is we only want to do what we're good at. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so true. Right? And, and making money is hard, but making money is easier than discipling our children. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They'll tell you about yourself. <laughs> they tell you about yourself. Mm-hmm. They're all different. You can have, I got five of them. They're all different. Yeah. What worked on A won't work on B. Right. Yeah. You know? And so it's a constant, it's constant learning. Yeah. It takes a lot of work, research, study, prayer. Like a lot of prayer goes yeah. into discipling your kids. And yeah. so I think um, a godly man is held, he's the head. Mm-hmm. And so he's responsible to God Mm -hmm. Mm. and he's not going to be able to get to heaven. Let's say he makes a million bucks. And so he pays for his, he pays for classical Christian education. He, his wife can stay at home and disciple their kids Mm. and all of these different things. Well, when he stands before God, he will be judged on how he was responsible for discipling his kids. Mm. And I know people who, had a great father as a, he was a moral man. Mm. He was a Christian man. He was a church going man. He made a lot of money and yet he was horrible at discipling his children Yeah, and his wife poured into him. But the can, ma- can you break that down? Because you seem like you, you said that he was a, a great provider and like he was there with his kids but can you break that down compared to the discipleship piece? I don't think he said he was there with his kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear that phrase. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I mean he's assumption. in the home. He's in yeah, the home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the oh, home. Yeah, like, like it's not mean. a broken yeah. home. So he's in the home, yet making money. So here's the deal. If you're driven by money, yeah. if money is an idol, which it is, a, it is an idol in most people's lives, because... Money, the, the, the Proverbs say that, that money is, or a man's wealth is like, a, like high walls. Mm. It's his protection. Yeah. It's his safety, yeah. right? And so that the temptation to put our trust in money is money becomes a false god. Yes. 
Money can give me the comfort that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. If I feel bad about myself, I can go buy things. If I'm feeling really stressed, I can take a really expensive vacation or maybe not even expensive vacation, but money can buy me all of those things. Money can buy me education. Mm-hmm. Money can buy me cool friends. Money can yeah. buy me a cool house in, a, in the right neighborhood. Yeah. And I think if I get my kid out of that neighborhood and put him in this neighborhood, he'll be more likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So money can easily be an alternate God. Mm. And that, that's, that's an idol, Yeah. right? And money can't disciple your children. Mm-hmm. If money disciples your children, then they are going to end up worshiping money, mm-hmm. right? We are what we love. We yeah. become what we love. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that those who make idols and worship them become like them. Yeah. Deaf, dumb, right? That's what an idol is. An idol is a chunk of, ultimately a chunk of wood with a demon behind it. Mm. And so if, if you worship money, you become like it. Mm-hmm. Right, And so money can't disciple your children. Your wife can't disciple your children on their own. Mm-hmm. You are one of the most important aspects. Mm-hmm. You are the represent, representation of the father yes. in your home. Right. Right. You see the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son and the story of the o- older son. We don't hear anything about the mom in that, in that story, right? And the, the father is there present in, in discipleship and the, and the father is formative for the discipleship of our children. It says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Fathers, raise your children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Mm -hmm. This is something that God's called fathers to do. And so we're tempted to just focus on money because for many of us, it's easier to do, Mm -hmm. right? And we can believe that as long as I give my kids, here's here's the lie I hear so many times. As long as I give my kids more opportunities than Mm -hmm. I have or a higher standard of living or a better school yeah. or I pay for their college, then that's my, my, I've heard it so many times in the 20 years of ministry that I've been doing ministries that my, the people, parents have this idea, a good parent gives their kids more opportunities than they have. Mm-hmm. And they want them to be in a higher income bracket with more freedom and a better job and all these different things. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a worldly good parent. That's a, that's a worldly good parent. Yeah. And, and we would, we would say that's, that's not a Christian parent. Yeah, right? yeah. Like when Jesus says the love of money is the fear of, if the love of money is the root of all evil, yeah. we could be setting our children up for greater failure and greater temptation mm-hmm. just to want them to have money. Um, and so we, right away we got to see that the Bible calls us to way more than just providing. Mm-hmm. Providing is important. We have to do it. But we are responsible to oversee the discipleship of our children and that, when we're talking about discipleship, we want them to love what we love ultimately. No, we want them to love God. Yes. And hopefully we love God, so we want them to love right. our God, right? That's the goal. Well, that requires a whole lot of um, life-on-life discipleship, right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Because our kids, almost inevitably, our kids come to love what we love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You love baseball? Many times your kids love baseball. Yeah. You know, you love the Bears? Your kids oftentimes, you know, until they're teenagers, they, they love the Bears, and they're teenagers, and they choose the Chiefs or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Whoever's <laughs> winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate uh, Augustine's uh, understanding of, of really, uh, of, of sin in the sense of the disordered loves. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I think it's helpful is because ultimately our children know what we love. And so if, I've, if I'm a father who's 
doing great at providing financially and providing, you know, the kind of comforts that I never had that I now are passing on to them. And it feels like, wow, I'm doing really a good job of providing my families. What they are really, what our children are really being discipled into is what I love. And what I love is this ability to give them nice things, or they're seeing that I love these things, these, mm-hmm. these nice things. So, uh, discipleship is about it's you know it goes back to what we we say so often, which is just life on life. Mm-hmm. You you've got to you know you've got to place your life into their life, and 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 ultimately it goes back. I think one of you said here, you know, that what we love ultimately is going to be we need to be loving God so that they will love God as, as yeah. a result. So, yeah. Well, and one of the Bible shows us that it's a certain type of love that is at the center of the universe. Like when God wants to show us how much he loves us, he comes in Jesus Mm. and gives everything and lays down his life. I mean, it's not money. It's not, he doesn't just provide for us. He does provide for Mm -hmm. us, but he spills his own blood and they say the precious blood, the precious blood. And so it's self-sacrificial. And so for a father, it's going, what that means is, to disciple your kid means it's going to feel like little mini deaths to your own desires. Mm. So you coming in dead tired from yeah. work and not getting what you want in the moment, not getting release, not getting relaxation, mm-hmm. but actually sacrificing your desires to play, throw the football around, yeah. to mm-hmm. read the Bible around the table mm-hmm. at dinner time. Yeah. to pray, <clears throat> to take off work and go to their program, to mm-hmm. be at their sporting events, to, I mean, it literally is, you know, my life for yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-sacrificial. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a child learns the gospel yeah. that way, you know, and they, they don't learn quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never had a teenager, oh, thanks, Dad, so much for the way you sacrifice to come to my thing, you know? Yeah, right. yeah. It, it, they just expect it, mm-hmm. right? But the kid who has never had that, they don't have a category mm-hmm. for the gospel. They don't have a category for self-sacrificial love. You've, we've all heard this. Dad's always gone. Yeah. Dad only cares about money. Yeah. yeah, dad provided all this, but dad was never there. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know? We And that's... Dads, you are not emulating the father if that's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about the father with the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son blows the whole inheritance. He's a complete fool. Yeah. Comes to his senses, mm-hmm. comes walking back, rehearsing his speech, repenting of his sin. And do you remember what the father does? Runs out and embraces yeah. him before he even gets a chance to tell. <laughs> to Which him, shows us the speech. father is there waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First off, it was sacrificial. Probably praying, looking yeah. out in the distance. 100%. The father had already gave him what he wanted. He already yeah. split his inheritance to the two brothers. Now he's there waiting for the son to return. When the son returns, he doesn't go, they're that no good, mm-hmm. ungrateful, yeah. disrespect, disrespectful punk. I gave him everything he wanted in life and look yeah. what he did with my he money. He doesn't say, I told you so. Now I knew he, he was going to come back. He just runs out there, embraces him, Kisses him, yeah. puts the robe on him, puts the ring of sonship on him, throws, mm-hmm. kills the fatted calf, throws the party. Yeah. That you have to be present. That's all discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. That's a teaching moment. That's an epic teaching moment that mm-hmm. you can 
teach someone the gospel. I heard a, hmm. a, a pastor say uh, one time his teenage son <clears throat> called him and said, Dad, I'm drunk and I've wrecked, and I've wrecked the car. <clears throat> and he said, where are you? I'll come get you. And the, and the, and he knew in this moment, <clears throat> my son doesn't need a lecture. He already knows what he did is wrong. I, he knows the standard. He broke the standard. He's in a lot of trouble. He's made a huge mistake. And he said, he is the prodigal son right now. Yeah. And so all I'm going to do is give him the gospel of grace. Mm. And so he went out and it, thankfully it was a, it was just like he ran over, a, he ran into a tree or something like that. It was no, and so took him home. Got him cleaned up, took care of him, got the car, took the car. The father took it, took it, whole, whole thing, and he never said another word about it. Hmm. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to be around that dude because I, I need a girl in that area. But, and his, I, to my recollection, his son's a pastor now, and like, yeah. God, you, it wasn't, that wasn't a moment that just the light bulb, but it was, one, it was a moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was a formative moment that the one way grace of God was made tangible in his father. Yeah, right. That's good. You know. Right. So, so just question here. Um, so, what are some practical ways, like of the everyday life? We talk about life on life, and even for for myself, like when I was growing up, we all played sports. My mom had five five kids, and we're all running around. Food was made. You made your food. Everybody went to their own areas, and then you know that was like what it looked like to live life. And then I started living life with you once the church got planted. And we were living life together. Oh, people actually sit down and have dinner? Like, can, can we flush some of those things out for the people that are maybe in yeah, need of I think, that? I think you just brought up a great one, having dinner. And what, what does that mean? That means, you know, you. I would say, you know, a week is seven days long. Let's just say the majority of dinners, let's just say four, at least four. I'm just throwing it out there. The majority of the time, you need to be at home for dinner. Yeah. That means you can't take that five o'clock meeting or whatever it is that, you know, if maybe you eat at six or you eat at seven, whatever it is that you have to make a sac a financial sacrifice that says, Nope, I'm not going to do a meeting at dinner time. Yeah. You know, the majority of the time we're going to sit down and have dinner as a family. But even before I, we get there, I would say the, the, the most primary thing that you can do is your own discipleship. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Here's the deal. If I'm not reading my Bible, if I'm not reading books, if I'm mm -hmm. not listening to Christian podcasts, if I'm not being challenged by the word of God, I don't have any material to disciple my kids. <laughs> you know, right? like yeah. when I sit down with my kids, I get a blank stare just like everybody else. And I get a blank mind and I'm looking at my food going, I'm starving. All I want to do is eat right now. Yeah, yeah. But more often, I either have a book on the table or I've got something that I was thinking about that day or I have a question that I can ask, ask them. Um, and my personal discipleship comes out as I'm discipling my mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. you know? So you got to focus on your own personal discipleship. you got to be growing. You're a learner. God gave you the identity. That's what disciple means. It means you're a learner, so you should be constantly learning about Jesus and about his ways and how to submit more of your life to the Lordship of Christ. And you're going to apply that to your kids. Mm -hmm. And if you're not around them, you don't necessarily know what they need near as much either, right? Yeah. Well, you can delegate some of that. So obviously, like if you have a stay at home, if you provide in such a way that your wife can stay at home, then she is your delegate. She is there around them eight hours a day during the summer. Let's say they're not, they're not at school. And so what you, what you need to do is you need to have a debriefing 
either right away when you come in, the first thing you do when you come in is not say what's for dinner. You say, Hey babe, how was your day? Yeah. Is there anything going on with the kids that I need to be aware of? Mm. And she'll be like, yep, that one has lost his mind. Yep. Mm. You need to deal with that one. <laughs> or, and that's super helpful for her mm. or man, they were bickering all day today or they're just nagging me nonstop about wanting to be on their phone mm-hmm. or wanting to be going to all these stores. They want to be entertained. I got home today and my, my wife was already getting frustrated at the kids because they're, it's first week of summer. Uh-oh. And, and I walked in and I heard him say, I'm bored. Oh. And I said, awesome. Right. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? Awesome. I'm like, Nothing. I said creativity. Creativity begins when you get bored. Yeah, for so sure. So good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're bored. Now you can get creative. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But just to be so, she's your delegate and she's your helpmate. Mm-hmm. But she needs help too. So when she gets home, when you when you get home, you need to have that debrief. That that what do we need? Right. What what do you need me to do right now? Yeah. Do I need to discipline a child? Because mm-hmm. yeah, you've been working and you've been social and you've been doing all this. But she's been with the kids all day, so she might need you to walk in and deal with the kids right away. I think what's important, too, I mean, we talk about, like, the self-discipleship and making sure that you're being fed. But also making sure that not only are you feeding your kids, and we're we're breaking that down, but also feeding your wife. Like, what is your wife Mm -hmm. intaking so that she can actually disciple the kids well throughout the whole day? Because if she's with the majority of the time, like, you want to make sure she's fed and she's healthy in a way that she can do that for the kids. Fathers... As you're providing for your children, you must. You, we have to think of it holistically. You have to provide yes. spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, everything that they need. It's yeah. not just, you know, money. Yeah. And so she might tell you, "Here's what's going on. I see this child pulling away. I see this child. One of my one of my daughters is very touchy. She loves. She wants. She's on me nonstop. She wants to crawl over me. She's a very touchy feely type of person, and." We made, we were, uh, we found out that right away. So I let her like at dinner time. she's crawling on my shoulders. She's mm-hmm. wanting to sit in my lap now. And I'm, I'm the one that's got to provide for that. Now mm-hmm. we, we all know that that girls that grow up with quote unquote daddy issues, right? They're affectionate. They're, they're touchy feely. They never get that from their father. Mm-hmm. And so they always want to sit on uncle's lap. You get some guy come in they always want to sit on his lap. They always want to hang all over him. Mm-hmm. And you mom see that kind of stuff. Dad, you're the, that's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got, you might not be a huggy type of person. You not, might not be the type of guy that likes to wrestle. That child needs it. So yeah. you've got to be, you got to be that. Because if not, they're going to find the acceptance somewhere else. They're going to find it somewhere else. Yeah. They're going to find it somewhere else. And so y- you need to provide resources. Mm-hmm. So get on, you call, email me, call me, message me. What are some good discipleship resources? What are young men that are trying to uh, start working out? Yeah, reach out yeah. to me. I got you. Alex has got you. But like providing the right resources so they're not going to YouTube to find what Andrew Tate has to say about yeah. all these different things. Not my cousin. Not your cousin. Not your brother. <laughs> not your cousin. No relation. No relation. But so one of the things that I've done is I, I've bought all kinds of books. Mm. I have all kinds of books that have never been read for, for my children. And I put them on the shelf so that when they're bored, they go to them and in the hopes that someday they pull it off the shelf. Mm. Now, I tried to read Harry Potter to my kids. They hated it at the beginning. And now I've got one who's finally picked it off the, the shelf and she loves it. Mm. And I get to talk to her about it because there's some great parallels to Christianity mm. and stuff in there. And I love it. But 
if you don't have those resources on the shelf, your kid will never do that. They'll right. always go to the iPad or always go to some dumb book. So right. I've got some really deep books. Like I've got a lot of classics. I've got a, I've got books on almost everything because my kids are getting a little bit older. So when they mention something, I can say, "Oh yeah, I got that book. It's right over there." Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about it. Let's read it. Let's let's work through it. Mm. And then we're talking from picture books, flip books with kids. Mm. You know, I got these books, Hello Ninja type books, all the way up to, you know, deep philosophical books, memoirs, um, biographies. Mm. All, it's my job to provide that for our kids. And so I'm reading this kind of stuff to my kids at night. I'm reading things that I loved as a kid. I'm making my kids. They hate them right now, some of them. I just read My Side of the Mountain to my kids. Uh, and now they like it took like four hours. And now they're finally like, what's happening? What? Now they're finally into it. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have to provide yeah. for those things. Yeah. And so most guys overcomplicate it. Read, pray, sing, mm -hmm. you know. Read mm -hmm. the Bible at bedtime, read the Bible at dinner time, things like that. But And I think even too, like if you're out on an off shift, I mean breakfast, lunch and dinner yeah, we yeah, have. Whatever. So yeah, whatever. Whatever right. whatever works for your around family. Around the table. Yep. Around the table is key. Yeah. Yeah. Around the table. The other thing I would say is like if you're part of a mission community, as you serve, bring your kids with you. Yes. Bring your kids to serve. Right? That's Get good. them around people that are less fortunate than they are. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, it is our responsibility as father. We're responsible for it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so we have to, you know, disciple our kids. And it, it is exhausting. And I think, too, which, which is key, I mean, even for my kids, they're, they're teenagers now, they're starting to drive and all those things and had to have their car in the shop. Um, but I kind of miss those times where I used to be able to, like, take them to their sporting events and different things like that because that's, that's when we would chop it up and just have the greatest conversations of what happened at school and all the things because towards the end of the day, sometimes they just forget. Kids, mm -hmm. how was your day? Good. <laughs> how was your day? Yeah. Good. <laughs> you know, so, like, yep. throughout that time, like, I mean, be able to – being able to make time to be able to take them to stuff mm -hmm. is, is, is really good as well. Yeah. Another aspect I think many guys overlook, especially as their kids start getting older, is presenting them with the arguments that they're going to see later on in life or in college or that's, that's, sw that's floating around, mm -hmm. you know, like... What is a boy? What is a, what is a man? What is a woman? S find a, a YouTube video that talks about this. Send it to him. What do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this. <clears throat> when it talks about politics, when it talks about, you know, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, send them clips, send them ideas, ask yeah. them these questions, get them thinking about it. Because many Christians don't educate their children on all of this stuff and then they send them off to college and nowadays most of these colleges are super liberal mm -hmm. and then the first time they're getting these arguments they're coming from a Marxist liberal perspective yeah. and it sounds really intriguing to them mm -hmm. you know start asking your kids like hard questions like, yeah I think that's so good because, I mean, even in our, our family, we have like a, a social media, you know, with our family where we share different stuff about finances, um, about what's going on in the culture, all the different things. And like we actually, like, hey, let's talk about this tonight. So like you're kind of like let, setting up the night of dinner, uh, the conversation of what yeah. we're going to talk about. So that gives them all day to think about it. And it's just a, a really helpful thing to do. Yep. Yep. So what does repentance look like? For parents, for fathers specifically who recognize, hey, I'm not doing this and I'm called to. 
I think the first thing it looks like is repenting to God, repenting to your wife, repenting to your kids, and then either hit the ground running or set up a meeting with a counselor like yourself or a pastor and say, hey, I, I was never discipled as a kid and I need, I need how to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the hardest thing. Like, I wasn't discipled as a kid, yep. right? And I felt like I was inventing something out of, you know, thin air. Yeah, thin mm-hmm. air, right. And what I, what, I, what I did was I got every book I could find mm-hmm. on Christian parenting, discipleship, family worship, and I read through them, and most of them I was like, "What?" Because like the Puritans, like <laughs> they're basically having mini church services, yeah. you know, in, in their homes. And but I went through those, and I took some principles, and I just started applying it. Mm-hmm. I started applying it uh, in in my life, and figured out what worked for me and what mm-hmm. worked for our family. And and again, it's constantly evolving and constantly changing as your kids grow and mature, and their schedules change and. And, and all of that. Yeah. You know? yeah, I'm trying to think of a, what are some of those resources that are just come off the top of your head? I think of Ted Tripp's uh, sh- um, Shepherding a Child's Heart. Child Heart. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other ones that I've... Yeah, there's... I mean, I've got a bunch of them. You, I mean, on the Canon Plus app, there's a bunch of stuff on the Canon mm-hmm. Plus app that yeah. you can look up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've got literally books called just like family worship or on family worship. Right. I'm sitting here in my chair, but I know it's behind, I know exactly where on my shelf. On your shelf where they are. It's <laughs> behind me and up on the top right. There's a book written a couple of years ago called Gospel Dad. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I wrote yeah, something on go. Gospel hey, Dad. I wrote something about who wrote that? Called Gospel Dad. I forgot. I've got some uh, uh, practices and stuff up yeah. there. Um Joel's looking at Joel's on the very you don't have to stand up. It's on the very top shelf, dude. It's on the top shelf up in the middle, I think up there. But if he, Joel, if Joel finds it, he can let us know. One's called Family Worship. Somebody with the last name Alexander, I think, is one of them. But it's a good name. Joel Beakey uh, has has put one out. Mm, bringing right. the gospel home, bringing the gospel to covenant children. Uh, Doug Wilson's got a bunch in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of the key pieces I think for men that need to remember is everything is spiritual. Mm-hmm. Everything is spiritual. Yes. So we, we can t- tend to bifurcate our life into the what we call it, the natural versus the spiritual, mm-hmm. or like our work life and our church life. Yeah. And church is the spiritual stuff is what we do on Sunday or maybe at mm-hmm. MC. And that is really unhealthy for our kids. Our kids need to have prayer as a part of their normal life. Right. Um, they need to be hearing about church stuff. They need to be, you know, uh, praying for people by name at bedtime. Yeah. You know, all of this we're teaching our kids how to pray. Mm-hmm. We're teaching our kids how to walk with Jesus. Yep. And I think too, even with some of the parents that I got a busy life, I'm not for sure how this is going to work. Um, even for, for myself, like we, we have a busy life and, uh, um, for our kids with their devotion time, we didn't want to do just do that over dinner all the time. So like we actually like read a devotion throughout the, the week together. And then, um, they send me like a little clip of what their thoughts were. So then like we, I can see where they're mm. like, where the pieces are, what they're thinking, all, all those things. So we actually talk about it at dinner instead of like actually reading it. So, so yeah. you actually have all the children have the same devotional you're, yep. and then they read it on their own and then they send you something, maybe text you or something yep. that's things that they're learning or, and, or you at dinner time can talk mm. about th- those things. Yeah. And, and the thing is like some of the stuff that you may think they know, 
they sing you something like, oh, that's a little off. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. We're going to talk about that, you know? Yeah. So, like, it helps you disciple them in that way as well. Another key piece that I do every time my kids come from youth, um, I say, how was it? Good. What did you learn? What was the sermon about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did, did God speak to you about something? Did yeah. something convict you of something? I'm con- every, I do it in my own sermons. Yeah. What did you think of my sermon? Yeah. Good. Okay. What did you learn? <laughs> yeah, what yeah. was it about? How did you, and you know, and I'm, I'm trying to, to pull as much out of them as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to, I want to talk through it. I want to walk through it with them. Mm-hmm. I want to have those conversations, um, to help, to help disciple them. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Right. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was about to, oh, one other thing that I've done with my older kids now is I have a like a top 10 book. I have a top 10 list of books that I want them to read before they go to college or before they, they move out of my home. I have a top 10, and I, I told them I'd give them, I, they're, they're 50 bucks each. So yeah. you read this book, it's 50 bucks. Wow. And this, cool. this is like, you know, Tim Keller, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy that you said that because even for my kids, like um, we uh, purchased a car for cheap earlier, but they didn't have a job. They they were you know mowing grass and different things like that. So I did the same thing. I set up a, a bunch of books like, hey, you read these books, it's gonna pay your car off. So you can't get your car until you actually pay the uh, until you read these books. So like it was just there you go. Just a really good you know. Joel did grab one of these books, and it's little. It's this is kind of like uh, from the Cultivating Biblical Godliness series. And it's How Men Should Lead Their Families by Joel R. Beek. It's from Reformation Heritage Books. So this is one of them. Um, I've got some more. So if you want some other ones that I haven't named, you can always email me and we can get you. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of books. I've got a lot of resources. And so we can we can help you out in those ways. Any other th- things come to your mind? I you think we've answered this question there, Kev. No, that's good. I appreciate it. It's been really helpful. Okay, well, hopefully it has been helpful to you as well. If you got any questions, email me at justindeanatsacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. And we will see you soon. God bless. Mm-hmm.